What's up, everybody? It is Casey with Two Worlds Podcast, and with me, as always, it's the doctor to my strange. It's Jake. How you doing, buddy? I'm wonderful. How are you? Not too bad, man. And I apologize if you hear dog whines in the background. The puppy's trying to get up the stairs, or she's up the stairs, banging on the gate, crying to let me let her run around upstairs and poop and pee everywhere. <laughs> well, let her have her fun. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to clean that up. <laughs> so what'd you do today, man? Load, I loaded a bunch of semi trucks basically. And it wasn't so bad at first because like we were taking out the door, which is exactly as it sounds. And then we have like this really slow auger taken out the middle. And so after we got all the stuff, out, after I got all the stuff out of the door, I moved it over and got on the auger and, it just kind of took forever like to do half a truck it was about an hour and a half Oof. yeah that's rough yeah so i just walked around i just walked back and forth got my steps and i'm up to twenty six thousand. so that's not bad not bad at all <laughs> <laughs> what about you buddy um i went golfing this morning nice and... how's three part how's three part jake doing Oh, dude, today was so bad. <laughs> like, I hadn't been in over a month, and uh, oof, it was rough. Like, I'd have one amazing hit off the tee, and then, like, I don't know, get, like, a triple bogey. Like, everything after that was just total trash. Yeah. But I did sink one, like, 20-foot putt, which felt so good. And I was like, oh, man, I'm the best golfer ever nice. until the next hole. <laughs> yeah. You, you need to text Clint that next time. Be like, I'm better at golf than you. Oh, gosh. I couldn't I couldn't play him. And then I don't even know if he still plays, but he would easily wipe the course with me. I think he does every once in a while, but, it's, like, it, every time I'm, I hang out with him anymore, it's just that one game that I forget the name of that – He's Arc. just a, yeah, that's the one that he is just obsessed with. So he might might text you back and be like, "What's golf? I only know Ark anymore." <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to see if he wants to go golfing sometime. It'd be cool, fun, man. I'll be your guys' caddy since I I can't play. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough talking about friends that no one on the podcast knows. Let's get into some news. Would you like me to go first? I have yeah, one or two more. Yeah. Okay. So the Titan season three trailer dropped this week. Did you watch it? I did. Man. What did you think not having seen the show? Cause it gave me goosebumps. I thought it was pretty cool. Like that helmet on red hood. I said, I, I remember when it, you know, stuff for this first came out. I didn't think it was too cool. Like I thought just, they just looked too big for that kid's head you know for that kid's body still does in my opinion that's you know it's like i, don't I actually know. think he looks pretty good yeah i don't know and it's also like they're giving away an awful lot in this trailer i know like most of the people that watch titans do know the story but it's like if there's this one person that's like no i'm just i don't even know anything about this stuff and then they're like oh okay it's gonna be him i got it you know but it, it looks neat. Yeah. The last one looked neat too. <laughs> well, the last one was neat. I, I can't wait. I, 
Like, I don't have time to sit down and binge the first two seasons again, but watching that trailer made me want to. So I'm, I'm really excited to, for it to start back up. Can you just uh, put it on at the shop? I could, but even then, I'm not really, like, watching it. But I gotcha. I guess it'd be better than nothing, though. That's a good idea. Although sometimes they say bad words, and I try to keep it family-friendly in there. Yeah. Just uh, do the HBO family edit where, you know. Is that a thing? Like, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you had me going for a second if i if i could have come up with something better like as far as what they were going to be saying and as replacement words i would have kept going with it but i had nothing like yippee kaye mr falcon yeah like that gosh that one was, was so bad <laughs> okay and then we're getting a Luke Cage miniseries in September. It's called Luke Cage City of Fire. And that will be written by Ho Chi Anderson and art by Ray Anthony Height, who's an awesome artist. And then they also credit Sean Damien Hill as the artist. So I don't know if that's like a uh, like a cover artist or whatever. But uh, anyway haven't haven't read some luke in a while so that should be pretty neat the cover shows uh like luke in handcuffs with fire behind him and then like on his chest is the shadow of kingpin and electra daredevil so it it has me intrigued is that something you would check out it is though it's like luke cage is a tricky character because it's in my head he should be super easy to write because he's just super cool but it's like the last i mean i'm gonna call it like a maxi series because i think it got canceled pretty early on but that last series it was not good and it's like man like he seems like a layup but it just doesn't seem to ever be unless he's with iron fist so we'll have to see how that is you know yeah i agree either way we'll uh we'll find out this fall Heck yeah, man. So this is exciting for me and me alone, but G-Fest is on. It's going to be July uh, 15th to the 17th. I'm really pumped. It's just like an easy way to drop a ton of cash. Now I'm going to go ahead and guess that that's next year and not yes, <laughs> a few <sorry>. days ago. <laughs> yeah. No, because uh, they weren't able to do it this year due to the still kind of like the weird COVID. Like, he probably he probably could have done it this year had he been you know been able to prep but it was like a lot of weird covid restrictions were still going on in the chicago area where it takes place and he was like i don't want to just like dump my money in this and get everything going and then again yeah for the second year in a row and then it not go through so he called it off like i think in february or january and then so now this is like the for sure thing because unless this new variant, this new strain that's going around kicks up and we get, you know, quarantined all over again, we should be good. Well, I hope for your sake that it does happen because I know how much you love that show. And I hope that they get somebody cool. Yeah, I mean, they were supposed to get the kid from uh, Godzilla vs. Megalon, Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. And I was like really excited to meet him. Hope he was still a kid, you know? How like I was about to ask you, how old would he be at this point? Probably like probably in his sixties. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would want him to wear the shorts though that you wore. <laughs> it's like, hey, sir, can you put these on for me for he's the like, picture? And he kind of leans in. And he's like, I already have them on. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he just has them, has them on. <laughs> wow. Anyway, <laughs> um, so to the uh, the cheers of children all around the world, <laughs> there is a Batman Fortnite crossover sequel announced. It is a they're saying it's a one shot, which I'm like, yeah, they're going to do a whole series. But the one shot, at least, will be co-written by Scott Snyder himself. So I wonder if. Uh, I wonder if Scott plays or like if his kids play or if this is just like, you know, the paycheck kind of gig. Well, I've seen him tweet about it before and he's like, I don't think he plays, but I think it's like a kid plays type of thing. Or it's just a type of thing where he's a savvy businessman. He knows there is money in this type of thing, you know, because he's talked about being really excited about this comic book. The first one that was coming out. So. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it's it's either a savvy businessman type of thing or he know he has people in his life that plays the game or he is just noob master seventy seven, you know, and he's <laughs> just killing these kids. Yeah. Right on. Oh, and and we've decided that if you go to Comic headquarters and you want this book for a dollar off, do the Fortnite dance and let Jake film it. He'll put it up <laughs> on Instagram and you guys get a dollar off. Yep. That's gonna be a thing. <laughs> Don't say anything. Just slap the comic book down and then do your favorite Fortnite dance. <laughs> please, please, exactly like that. <laughs> All right. So I heard like some casting news. It's like very, very minimum casting news, but for the Batgirl show movie, or I think it's an HBO Max movie, like, you know, straight to that. But uh, Isabella. Merst, Zoe Deutsch, and Leslie Grace are in the running for the Batgirl. I don't know anything about these actresses. And the person that posted it, the DC Insider guy, he was like, I've never seen them act before in my life, so I can't say if I'm excited or not. But not much is known. Like he even said in his post, he was like, I don't even know if this is going to be connected to Pattinson's Batman. Probably not. Or if it's going to be connected to um, Keaton's Batman or if it's just going to be its own universe thing. It'd be stupid for them not to connect it to Keaton, in my opinion, but DC has been known to do stupid things. What if... What if it was Alicia Silverstone? <laughs> just like older Batgirl. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> Dude, I, okay, so at the shop this week, I was talking about... Um, Alicia Silverstone Batgirl to uh, my friend Dan who listens to this podcast and we were going on and on about how great she was not only as Batgirl and in that movie but just in that time and uh, I, I think I think we would all be up for that what if it was like a gritty older Batgirl <laughs> like but still the over the top like put on the costume the same exact way but then afterwards she's like I'm gonna have to I mean, you know, I don't know what she like break some kneecaps. <laughs> I was gonna say kill some people, but like that girl wouldn't kill people. No, no, she wouldn't. Or maybe this one does. Maybe she's yeah. had enough. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also don't know any of those actresses. I just Googled all of them. 
have never seen any of them before. But uh, yeah, I know I know it's not gonna be uh, you know Stephanie Brown, but I sure wish that it were. <laughs> Genuine question because I didn't Google them either. Um, it's supposed to be Barbara though. That's one. Yeah. That's one fact. But um, are any of them redheads? Because that no. one takes the lead. Dang. So then with your conspiracy theory in mind, any of them black? Because you think all redheads are being replaced by black people. I've already uh, closed out, so I, I don't remember at this point because I just looked at them briefly, oh, but, okay. uh, but I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, so right now that conspiracy theory is shot down, but we will put a pin in it for later. <laughs> it's not just redheads. It's ginger redheads. Oh, okay. Which... What's I don't know. The difference? Have, <laughs> no, no. It's just, <laughs> it's just. If it hasn't been said on this show, then let it be known that it's it's not a conspiracy theory. It's fact. I mean, Jimmy Olsen replaced, Josie replaced, Wally West replaced. In all fairness, that's Wallace West, and he's in the comic books, even though that's been retconned. <laughs> exactly it's been retconned um and there was someone else too oh i mean kind of mary jane if that counts i mean they just kind of screwed the pooch on that whole mary jane thing anyway yeah all in all but if they're a ginger redhead in the comics they have been recasted as black in the live action and that is all across the board except jimmy olsen in the bat in uh snyderverse because one, he was first replaced as Ginny Olsen, and then later on, he was the guy that Snyder was like, I had some fun with Jimmy Olsen in this one. And then he gets shot in the head in the you know, <laughs> like first scene in Batman v Superman. Yeah, that was that was a rough stupid. scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One might say stupid. All right, moving on. <clears throat> um, so Marvel is laying on. Peter Parker's death pretty thick. I saw. Yeah. So they're, you know, posting covers and like uh, solicitations for the upcoming issues. And one says Peter Parker and Ben Riley swing into action on Arthur Adams, amazing Spider-Man number 75 cover. But in in parentheses, only one will swing out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then there's a cover of Peter just like in a tore up Spider-Man costume laying in a hospital bed and Mary Jane crying in a chair next to him. It's like, yeah, it's like, guys, how about even just a little bit of surprise? How funny would it be if it was like the next cover? It's like Ben swinging out and then Peter just like hands in pockets walking. <laughs> it's like he didn't die. He just didn't feel like swinging. He really just wanted to enjoy his day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we all know they're going to kill him again. I don't know. They might like they Since they are laying on thick, they might try to do like the switcheroo at the last minute or something, you know, to get people to buy it, but then be like, Oh, surprise. You know, he was a clone this whole time or something stupid like that. Yeah, we'll see. I still think that this whole whatever it's called is Spider-Man Beyond or something is going to be a bit of a train wreck. But yeah, 
I digress. All right. So my last bit of news, this is literally the least news thing out there, but I was like, let's fill some time. Um, and this is a rumor alert. There's a big rumor going around uh, that Vincent Donofrio, he, he was the guy that played Kingpin in Daredevil, and he was also in Law and Order. Uh, he's rumored to be returning as Kingpin at some point, not for just for MCU stuff, but also for the Sony, you know, Spider-Verse stuff. So if that's true, that's awesome. He was a great Kingpin. You know, it might not be true, though, so we'll find out. You know, I go through my life, Casey, and I feel healed. But then I remember at times like these that they canceled Daredevil and that wound is just ripped right back open. Yeah. And then I also saw some heavy rumors, speaking of Daredevil, uh, that the Cox man himself, Charlie Cox, is going to be in She-Hulk as well as being in Spider-Man. So it's like, Ooh, you think we're going to get some cool lawyer stuff? I hope so. Like hearing the more I hear about the She-Hulk show, like the less I'm like, I have a feeling it's going to be some lame lawyer stuff in She-Hulk. So it's like, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, for his sake, I hope that he is in it just because you know, he's he's made it known that he turned down lots of work opportunities to keep being Daredevil and they canceled it on him. So yeah. I hope the guy gets to be Daredevil. Yeah, and I and also I'm just gonna throw this out. I hope like I don't know about the guy that plays Foggy, but the actress that played Karen Page, she was talking on uh like I think it was Joe uh Joe Casada's podcast. I didn't listen to it, I just saw like, you know, clips of her talking about how like after that her acting career has gone downhill and she can't get work. And it's like, why? She's pretty great. Like the character herself, not gonna lie, little flawed, but her acting is fantastic. And she's perfectly, you know, perfectly good actress. So it's like, I, I hope they bring her back too. Yeah. I mean, whether, whether you like Karen or not, she plays Karen well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the only downside to that, anything karen related is writing and not acting so it's like feel bad for the girl no kidding that that honestly kind of boggles my mind yeah but yeah if anybody listening has not watched netflix daredevil do yourself a favor and do that immediately yeah i'm not immediately like after this (laughs) yeah like keep listening to this show first and then do it listen to this then review and then watch Daredevil. <laughs> All right. What do I, oh, two more things. First one, we're getting a new Batman Black Label miniseries. I know we're getting a lot of those lately, but this one is called Batman the Imposter from the Batman screenwriter, Matson Tomlin. Uh, the art will be done by Andrea Sorrentino and Jordi Belair, which is an amazing creative mm-hmm. team, if I'm honest. So hopefully that's cool. You know, three issues. I'm going to read it. I'll just say that because, I mean, what's three issues of a potentially cool Batman story? <laughs> um, but yeah, 
base from what I got uh, reading about it basically is that uh, someone is dressing up as Batman and killing people, which is not an original idea at all. But Mattson Tomlin uh, seems to have acknowledged that. And, and it's like, you know, trust me, this isn't going to be just what you, you think it is. (laughs) So, uh, so anyway, sounds pretty neat. If it turns out to just be Jason Todd, like it was in what was it, Battle of the Cow or whatever? Yeah. Then, uh, then you know, I'll I'll have other things to say about it, but it could be neat. Any thoughts on that, Casey? That could be really cool. Like the art itself is going to be kind of worth it. I'm just tired of all these black. Like you might as well just call the black label like Joker Batman label because that's all it really is at this point. Like we had a question series and then joker batman joker batman joker batman so we had question we had wonder woman dead earth oh yeah we had we had superman year one we had birds of prey and harleen but the birds of prey and harley are still batman joker how dare you (laughs) am i wrong (laughs) well anyway uh last thing two new dc series announced for this fall now i had kind of touched on this um like a week or two ago but we finally got some clear answers we are getting task force z and dc versus vampires and i'll read you the little blurbs on each of those so for task force z this will be done by uh, Matthew Rosenberg will be writing it and Eddie Barrows and uh, I think Juan Ferreira on the art, which is going to be killer. Absolutely killer. Uh, No pun intended, but it says on a day, hundreds of Gotham city's most dangerous and deranged criminals were left dead after an attack on Arkham asylum. And now they're getting a second chance at life. A mysterious benefactor is bringing together a new task force and has recruited the only person who could lead them. Someone who knows what it's like to come back from brutal death. Who is it, Casey? I don't know. Red Hood. Okay, nice. So uh, Jason Todd is going to lead this team of zombies. uh, And that team of zombies is Bane, Man Bat, the Arkham Knight, Sundowner, and Mr. Bloom. So who were the last two? Mr. Bloom was a was brought in by Scott Snyder and oh, Greg Capullo at the guy. end of the new 52. Sundowner, I have no idea. Okay. And also Grundy would be there. Shoot. Yeah, I know, right? And I was wrong about the Ferrera. It's Eber, Eber Ferrera. Oh, okay. Um but anyway, cannot wait for that. So that sounds like it's going to be just a wacky, fun book. And I hope mm-hmm. that it is. And that creative team can pull it off. So, yeah. No, that, that wouldn't work with a lot of different people. It would just get too stupid, but he's a good enough writer. It's going to yeah. be good. And then DC versus vampires. There's a lot less info on this, but uh, it's going to be a 12 issue series. And it's going to be Rosenberg and James Tynan writing it. 
And then Otto Schmidt on the art. And now Otto Schmidt did the Rebirth Green Arrow run, or at least a big chunk of it. His art is ridiculous. Um, but anyway, a secret army of vampires attempts to overrun Earth under the Justice League's watch. And yeah, we'll find out more about that later. But even if that book is trash, I will probably read it just for the sake of seeing DC characters and vampires fighting. <laughs> yeah, I got you, man. So uh, what do you think about those books? Both goofy as heck, but should be fun i mean there's like i wish we were getting you know characters that don't get books a lot instead of just being like hey we're gonna make a zombie book and a vampire book it's like it'd be cool if you know you made another question book or you know i don't know like a like i'm trying to think of a character that you know tom king has that i like that tom king hasn't ruined um <laughs> But, you know, I mean, just like anything, anything fun that, you know, would be like characters that they have in their back catalog instead of just being like Red Hood's getting another book and you know, that type of thing. But other I than mean, that, I think it's still going to be a good time. It could lead to that, though. I mean, at least all of these, they're not like new ongoing. It's like, here's a mini series. Here's a mini series. And, you know, they get to tell the story they want. And then in a month or two we get another mini series. So yeah. it could cycle to some of those characters. Yeah. I just had, I just had a thought and this is just me being, since I mentioned Tom King and characters I love, how long do you think it'll be before actually you throw out a character? I'm going to throw out a character and we'll see if, you know, like which one he chooses first. So like, I'm going to say elongated man, how long before he does an elongated man book. That's depressing. Dude, that make that's something that could happen I though. That, like as I was thinking about this, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if in two years. Yeah, it would be like following the events of Identity Crisis. It's Tom King on Elongated Man. Yeah, he's like my favorite thing ever with Elongated. <laughs> I know Man. where this is going. <laughs> is the events of Identity Crisis just him holding his dead wife, crying? I'm like, this is a character I can sink my teeth into. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Here's an odd one. Light Ray. Think he could ruin Light Ray? Well, he, he could find a way. He's like, he flies at the speed of light to escape his sadness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I don't have the article in front of me. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Hopefully, I remember when I'm editing. But there was this article I read um, this week that was really cool. I meant to put notes down, but I just forgot. But it's about how little money the creators get for the movies. Did you see this article? No. So Ed Brubaker was talking. Like They brought up like Ed Brubaker when he was on Fat Man on Batman, which is Kevin Smith's podcast. And he was talking about how even though he created the winter soldier, he gets paid more money in like his SAG benefits since he was an extra than what he actually got paid for them putting winter soldier in the movie. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. We know that they're terrible about that yeah. sort of thing. And then like they talked about Jim Starling in there and he created Thanos, Drax, Gamora, 
so many characters and he's like i actually got paid more for them using i think it was kg beast in uh batman v superman which it's like not kg beast but it's the same name there's like a russian guy that's the same name as kgb so they were like here's a bunch of money and they gave it to chip starlin and he's like then what i got paid for making all these guys for marvel and then marvel like people got mad and then marvel's like we're gonna renegotiate jim here's a bunch of money and he's like <laughs> well i guess the you know squeaky wheel gets the grease it's pretty nice <laughs> but it's a I really mean, neat article dude, it's like how much money do these darn movies make you disney like you can't toss some money to the, yeah. the guys that put them there. Come on. Yeah. And it's like, and like when I was hearing this, it's like just reading between the lines. I'm like, I bet this is why Brubaker, like he didn't say this in what I read, but I bet that's why Brubaker is only doing creative owns stuff now. Absolutely. It's, I mean, why, why would he come and give his creative genius to Marvel when they're not going to give him anything for it? I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't blame yeah. him at all for that. Yeah. Cause then like one of the writers for black Panther who was like, yeah, I mean, my, me, you know, my run on black Panther got a lot of people hyped for it and actually made Marvel interested in making this into a movie. Cause he actually saw it as like a viable option. And he's like, I didn't see a dime. <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, it's a really interesting read. I'm going to try to put it in our show notes. So if you're listening to this, you can be like, Oh, I want to read this and be upset with Disney. <laughs> Yeah, people should be upset. Yeah. Like, I all the time I talk with customers or you like, oh man, wouldn't it be great if such and such came back and did this? And it's just not going to happen because they treat them so poorly. Yeah, which it's like still better than it used to be. I'll say that for them. At least they're not, you know, completely just stealing their stuff. But only because people are like, angry and now like calling them out yeah otherwise very much and one of the problem like one of the things that made that like in this article it's kind of explains like the things that why dc's better about it than marvel though it's not because it's like oh dc cares but it's like the head of the head of the thing at dc he was like for the longest time he's not anymore like i think he retired but he used to be a creator so he knew how that crap was. So he was just like, yeah, I'm going to give you guys money. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. All right, folks. I think that brings us to the end of the news. So Casey and I are going to take our ad break and then we'll be back to talk our comics. We'll be right back. Bye. All right. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to the ad. Or again, if you're on YouTube, you got to hear me exclusively on YouTube rant about a customer I had this last week. So if you want to hear me complain more than I already do on this show, go to YouTube and check it out. And maybe that customer was you. Maybe it was. Am I complaining about you? Go find out. (laughs) All right, Casey, what comics did you read, my friend? Okay, so I'm going to start off with a throwback. And I read the Deadpool team up guest starring the incredible Hercules that you gifted me. I've already already read it once, but it's still a fun time. And then the 2021 annual for The Flash. And then Detective Comics 1039. 
Infinite Frontier, two of six. I don't know why I'm showing every single cover, but I am. Thor, number 15. Joker, number five. Justice League, The Last Ride, number three. And Batman, Urban Legends, number five. What about you, man? I read Star Wars, War of the Bounty Hunters, number two. The Action Comics 2021 Annual, Future State Gotham, number three, Wonder Woman, 775, Norse Mythology, number two, Thor, number 15, Infinite Frontier, number two, Joker, number five, Justice League, The Last Ride, number three, and Batman Urban Legends, number five. Nice, dude. It sounds like You've got more than me this week. I think so, yeah. That's pretty impressive. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. I read comics now. <laughs> All, All right. right. So I'll let you start. You betcha. So I'll start with uh, War of the Bounty Hunters number two. Um, this one was done by... Oh, where's that pesky little credits page? I don't know. Uh, okay. Charles Soule, and I'm going to guess Luke Ross, who works with Charles Soule often. There it is. It is Luke Ross. Um, so this is sort of everyone has come together at the Crimson Dawn's auction for Han Solo and Carbonite. And... Lady Kira starts the bidding and all the huts go nuts. And I think Jabba wins the bidding with 1 million credits. Uh, And Boba makes a funny line of like, that's way more than he was going to pay me to bring him in, (laughs) which really kind of tickled me. Yeah. Um, But anyway, we get Bosk trying to, uh, arrest boba which is fun because that's a pretty neat fight and boba shows why he's the best of all the bounty hunters uh, which says something because bosk is no slouch uh but yeah otherwise this is just lots and lots and lots of dialogue um and then at the end boba runs into lando leia and chewy and then right as soon as Lady Kira announces the winning bid to uh, to Jabba, someone shows up on the last page and says, hold up, Captain Solo belongs to me, and it's Darth Vader. So that's going to make things very interesting going forward. And uh, after Vader says Captain Solo belongs to me, the very last panel is Boba Fett saying, we'll see. Now, Boba and Vader have tangled a lot over the years, both in the Dark Horse comics and in the Marvel comics, so we'll see how it goes this time around. This was neat, and it was a fun issue, um, but I'm going to give it like a six. It was very dialogue-heavy and not near as much action for the amount of characters we know and love being in the same place. Um, so it was just like a fun filler setup sort of issue. I got you, man. Now I have a question and 
I know you weren't reading really reading the Marvel Star Wars stuff early on, but I was, and I'm just curious. Early on, there was a character that was uh, Han's ex-wife. Is she in this, or is she did she just die, or what? Do you have any idea? As far as I know, she's been retconned, but I don't know for sure. Okay. Because Marvel's like. Oh, that Dark Horse stuff? Well, no, None this of it's was in canon. This was like in the Marvel stuff. Oh, you're talking 2015 Marvel yes. stuff. Yes, sorry. sorry, I, sorry. I thought you meant classic. No, 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 man. Then that I don't know because unfortunately I I didn't start reading the Marvel Star Wars stuff apart from the miniseries like right yeah. now. So I, I truly yeah. don't know. I gotcha. Yeah, because like I was like, she was a pretty like at first I was like, this is kind of lame, just bringing in this brand new character. Then I was like, she's actually pretty cool. And then like, <laughs> I'm like, this would be like a perfect time for her to be involved, but it sounds like she's not. So I'm like, did they kill her off? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If someone pops up uh, and that comes up, we'll be like, oh, there she yeah. is. All that case, you know. <laughs> All right. So first for me is going to be my throwback comic, the Deadpool team up, and. Um, so this is by Fred Van Lint with Dalibor Talajik on the art. And yeah, you just have Deadpool being like, this is like the peak time of Deadpool. Like me and Jake were talking about this off air. It was just like, this is when Deadpool is at his most Deadpooliest. He had like three different voices in his head talking that he was talking to. And so like, this is about when I was tired of Deadpool. I bought this comic when it originally came out because Hercules but yeah, like you have Deadpool hanging out with Hercules, and that's a lot of fun. Arcades involved, and you know that a lot of lot of fun stuff. Like it's just pretty neat seeing these two characters interact together because they're both knuckleheads, and you know that's fun. And they save the day, and then they end up together in Tijuana drinking, which like <laughs> this is the fun Hercules that we don't get anymore. So that's nice to see. I, I love the postcardy yeah. vibe that it has. Yeah, like the the one downside is like Van Lint is a really good writer. I enjoy him. He wrote this book called The Long Con, or I think it's The Long Con, and it's about like a comic book convention where someone gets murdered and they try to find out who did it. It's a really fun book. But he writes Hercules better with Greg Pak. I think they might like, because Van Lint is very silly and like I'm guessing Greg Pak brings like the seriousness. So like, it's like a perfect meshing of awesomeness. And so like with this, it's just like, it just, he felt a little off, like without the Greg Pak in in there, but otherwise it was really good. I'm going to give it seven out of 10. That's good, man. I'm glad that you liked it upon the revisiting. I loved the cover, like the cover alone. I was like, Oh, this is so cool. If Casey doesn't have it, he needs to have it. Yeah. and did you notice uh, Thor couldn't couldn't keep up with the two of them? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, I'll do the Action Comics 2021 annual. I love that they are back to doing the annuals by years now and not numbers, because that yeah. makes it way less confusing, in my opinion. But this is... Like the first part of this is uh, sort of an origin story for the character that uh, that slave character that Clark is keeping in the fortress, you know, mm-hmm. blank on her name. It's something Kryptonian, but anyway, 
Shula. Um, it's Taula? Thaula? I was close. You were close. <laughs> uh, but anyway, kind of an origin about her. She has uh, this guy that watches over her and some other orphan kids telling stories. And he tells a future story about all those like House of L characters we saw in Future State. <clears throat> we're like, man, some of these characters are cool. I wish we knew more about them. <laughs> now we have like some more about them. So uh yeah so there is a wedding going on for one of them and then uh what's his name evil john jonathan kent shows up and sends them to the phantom zone and they find cyborg superman there who helps them out and then they get a mother box to uh to get them all back and cyborg superman betrays them spoiler alert because that's what he does and uh then they make it back and the day is saved and uh, the wedding happens so it doesn't sound like a lot happens but there is uh, some fun action and it is cool seeing like old man cyborg superman and uh yeah we get more out of these characters which is cool like because one of them's a blue lantern and one's like a war world guy so it's just cool to see all the different personalities and character designs and all that come together so uh it was a fun issue and i'll give it a seven out of ten okay so i didn't pick this up because i was worried i'm not worried i was like it's not going to be important to the main story but i read flash which i'm going to get to next where it's very important to the story is this one and was i right with my you know like not getting it like since it's not gonna be important to the story or is it still gonna be kind of unless no i don't see it being important it's just like if you read future state house of l and you want to know more about those characters then you should pick it up if you don't care about any of those characters uh then no you're not missing anything to the core story other than this is what that lady looks like when she's a kid (laughs) okay i gotcha and if it matters she really loves superman or she did as a kid so i don't maybe that will be important in this upcoming arc but that's all you need to know all right cool thanks man so next for me is the 2021 flash annual and this is by uh, jeremy adams writing with fernando Pasarni and Brandon Peterson on the art and so it starts with him showing up right as he killed everyone at Sanctuary from Heroes in Crisis and it's like they, they froze it in a time bubble because they want to they try to bring him back they have to figure out what's going on with the Speed Force but for some reason they don't really explain it at least I didn't catch why it was going on but um, old Red Arrow is not frozen in time he's the only one that's not so he's like talking to wally well you know everything's going on it turns out savitar is the whole problem with the speed force and like i'm gonna say this jake you should buy this like if you're a uh roy like arsenal red arrow whatever you want to call him fan this is like such a good book because it like gives him so much character like so much depth like it 
ultimately kind of like makes this whole thing pointless because as we see, he's back. So it's less important, but like they're fighting, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out what to do. And then he's like, you know, he's just talking to him. He's like, tell him like how we're heroes. This is what we do, blah, blah, blah. And then he, you know, finally goes, he's like, so if this bubble bursts, everything goes back to normal. You can, you know, fight Savitar, you get your powers back, you go back home and all this other stuff. He's like, yeah, that's what has to happen. I got to find out. He's like, he's like, and all he can hear me right now, because all he's with, you know, Barry and all them. And he's like, yeah, and he's like, you didn't mess up with me. Like, you were a great father. He like has this nice long speech for him. And then he's like, and then he's like, and I love you. And then he pulls out the arrow, bursts, you know, pops the bubble. And then like all the stuff happens and they all die, you know, all that stuff. And then they beat Savitar day is saved it's a really good issue and wally gets his old costume back which it's like kind of a shame because his old costumes is just barry's costume but he gets that old costume back which it's still like kind of better than his other one and you know he's gonna stay flash so that's pretty cool and i'm i really like this a lot i'm gonna give it and the art's outstanding i'm gonna give it a 10 out of 10 nice You've already convinced me to pick it up. That sounds great. Even if just for the father-son moment of Roy yeah. Ali. <laughs> yeah, it's like the only downside for you picking this up is like, I mean, like you'll know because I've told you the different stuff that's going on and this whole arc has been awesome besides the first issue. But it's like, you'll be like, I'm kind of lost, but you'll, you'll like it. That's thing, man. Like you and like everyone at the shop is telling me how good it is, but it's like, man, but it just wasn't at first. And I now I, I regret not sticking with it, but I feel like it's just like too far gone and I'm reading so much other stuff. Yeah. But no, I, like I said, I, you're going to really, really like that. Good. All right. Future state Gotham number three. This was written by Joshua Williamson and Dennis Culver, and art was done by Giannis Milo Noyanis. Sorry, I'm not good at Greek names. <laughs> Your unless, favorite basketball player, my, is unless Greek. it's him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this book brings like a lot of well, not a lot a few people that we haven't seen yet in the future state world uh, end of the fold like punchline and Harley and warmonger. So it's fun. This, this issue is like all out action. Um, the warmonger, like, okay. So Batman who is really, next batman i don't even know his name is it jace or not jace is this jace i I think it's i think it's jace okay jace uh gets captured and thrown in this tower and jason goes there to set him free but then warmonger's there and shoots batman with a dart that makes him all like crazy so now yeah now red hood has to like fight him even though they were just working together to get everything sorted and then uh at the end we um we see punchline is on the news and harley smashes the tv with a bat and she's like hell no gotham belongs to harley quinn so i'm guessing we're gonna get more punchline v harley next issue um who knows yeah but i mean really i think this book is cool 
I, I like seeing all these people trying to figure out what's going on and some of the future state costumes are goofy, but overall they're pretty neat. And I'm still digging the black and white look of this book. And I don't know. I'm just kind of here for it. It was cool. I'll give it, uh, I'll give this one a seven as well. Nothing outstanding, but I still liked it. Yeah. That's one of those books where it's like, I was actually reading, you know, I was reading it and then I just kind of forgot this week. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not too upset that I forgot. Fair enough. Like I liked it. Okay. But I'm not like, it's not like if it would have been, I don't know, Batman or whatever, or wonder girl, which I nearly forgot where I'd be really <laughs> upset if I missed that, you know? Yeah. All right. So next is detective comics, 1039. And I didn't look up the people that wrote it. I was like, for the last issue, I had it already on the page. I was like, I'm thinking way ahead. I mean, it's probably Tamaki. It's Tamaki, but when I get all the names, man, it and uh, Victor Bogdanovich on the pencils for the main story. And then the uh, backup, it's by T. Rex. He's writer. Artist. So I'm I'm gonna be honest, this not feeling it. Like I love the art, but just the whole like, oh yeah, we have this parasite guy and he can infect people and then like Batman's super, you know, great vest, like he gets stabbed in the side with a dang old piece of glass and it pierces it. It's like why do you even wear that? It's supposed to, you know, be able to you know stop stuff from it's like, nah. Not when we need it to. <laughs> so I, that was dumb. And then, yeah. And, and like, they're still fighting that millionaire guy. And then like the mayor is the most, like the mayor is supposed to be like, oh yeah, I actually want to make this city better. That's why, like, that's his whole shtick is he's like, I want to try and make this place better. And yet he's like, huh, who's the guy with the big old gun? The the billionaire, like who's killing all these people? It's like, everyone knows it's the billionaire. And he's like, I, who's doing it i don't get it like he shouldn't be that stupid so like there's just a lot of like little things that just annoyed me and also batman having trouble with the billionaire is still really stupid and you know and then the backup story it's like it's all about the guy with the parasite vial it's his whole backstory and like whatnot but i'm like this is pointless because spoiler alert he i don't like the way i took it he didn't survive so you know it's like what was the point of that like some of these backup stories have been really cool like the penguin one this one's just pointless so yeah i don't know this is a pretty weak issue and it's like it feels like the end of this arc which it's like man you ended on a dud and you're better than this tamaki so i'm gonna give it a three out of ten dang i didn't like it for some reason that one just slipped my mind and I didn't read it this week, but it sounds like I'm not missing too much. I mean, unless you like want to know how it ends, go ahead. But it's just like, I don't know. I mean, even the last issue I liked, but I was getting sick of like the Mr. Worth or whatever, just like screaming and kicking the crap out of Batman for no reason. It's like you put him and punchline together. They're unstoppable. Yeah. All right. Next for me is Wonder Woman 775. So, yeah, we're back to Wonder Woman, Dead Man, and Ratatosk, the Talking Squirrel. 
down in the graveyard of the gods and uh, the keeper of the grounds who's like this all-powerful decides who stays and who can go from this graveyard is there and he's like you can't beat me in a fight here in my own place wonder woman she's like okay well how about a battle of wits and he's like yeah okay no one's tested uh you know my brain in ages and that sounds like fun so let's do it so he's like if you get my three riddles correct i'll let your uh almost said as guardians your uh olympians go and she does she answers all of them and then he's like cool uh but now i'll let the olympians go but i'm keeping dead man and the squirrel she's like what that wasn't part of the deal she's like i'll ask you one and uh if i win you let them go uh she kind of stumps him but she hits like this weird uh like nerve and i i didn't quite fully understand why but like the answer to the riddle was him and he gets like really upset about that and lets uh ratatosk and dead man go he's like okay i'll let your friends go but you have to choose one of the olympians to stay here forever uh because I guess since he's the keeper of the dead, you got to pay him somehow. Uh, like Quran, you know, you cross the, the river of the dead, you got to mm-hmm. pay him with coins. And dead man's like, yeah, unfortunately he's right. So she chooses chaos to stay there forever and everyone else gets freed. So they all go back to Olympus and she finds that Roman God who was split into half. And um, she's like, Hey, You'll be safe here. I'm going to go find your evil half and make sure that she goes to the graveyard of the gods and stays there forever. So she goes to where the keeper of the grounds told her to go, which is a well, and she jumps into the well and she comes out in like this upside down world. And it says next, welcome to Elfheim. And she's in a different costume again. So like the last arc, she was all Asgardian. This arc, she was all Greek. And next, it looked like she's in sort of like a like a fairy. Like if you think, uh, you know, fantasy, fairy, elf, get up. That's kind of what she's in now. So I was hoping that you're going to say the next arc was called Wonder Woman's in the Upside Down. Then she'd have like a shaved head and like in a bath and like just in, a, in a hospital gown. Right. Well, hopefully this is even better than that because um, it looks gorgeous and I like the costume. And it's just fun watching her go do all this stuff and like teaming up with Dead Man and having banter with the squirrel. It's just cool and like different than past Wonder Woman books that we've gotten before. So, uh, but yeah, this was super cool. I really, really, really like this Wonder Woman uh, creative team right now. So, uh, I will give this a nine out of ten. Nice man. So, are we just on the books we read together? Uh, I've got Norse more. mythology in the movie. Okay. And I, I don't need to dwell on that very long. Uh, this wrapped up the meat of poetry story from last issue, and it just showed how Odin outsmarted 
a bunch of giants. And this is one of those stories where like Odin is a grade A scumbag <laughs> because the giant who has the meat of poetry has locked it away in a in a mountain and puts his giant uh, daughter on guard. And Odin just transforms into a hunky giant and like sleeps with her and makes her fall for him and then he's like come on how about just like a teeny sip of the mead she's like oh okay since you love me and then he drinks all of it transforms into an eagle and he's like deuces (laughs) just flies out of the mountain and uh the giant who owns the mead hears his daughter's like angry scream and he transforms into an eagle and flies off after odin and they're having this like weird eagle battle in the air and then and i'm not exaggerating this is how bonkers norse mythology can be odin goes down to asgard where the gods have prepared a vat and odin just like fountain spit some of the meat he drank into the vat for the other gods and then he craps literally craps on the giant who is an eagle and then the eagle's like oh he pooped on me and like flies away and that's the end of the story and then it's like so if you ever like go to an open mic night and hear bad poetry you'll know which mead they drank from like the poop mead. (laughs) It's just so crazy, but it's also hilarious and entertaining. And that's why, you know, sometimes you get some cool, like warrior stories and sometimes you get Odin sleeping with giants and being a scumbag and pooping on other giants. So, you know, I just, I just love how Odin easily could have just transformed into her dad and said, Hey, I need to go look at this really quick. Can you leave for like five seconds? And he's like, no, no, I'm going to play the long game. I'm going <laughs> to become a hunk. I'm going to make her fall in love with me. We're going to sleep together probably several times. And then, then I'm going to get the meat. His wife's just hearing this plan. Like what? It's like, Oh, classic husband. <laughs> All right, so what order do you want to do this in? Uh, I figured Batman Urban Legends first. Then we can do Infinite Frontier, Thor, Joker, and then Justice League. Or we can do Justice League, then Joker. Uh, Whichever. The first way is fine. All right, man. All right, so Batman Urban Legends. Uh, We have the Red Hood and Batman. Cheer. Part five of six with by Zdarsky, Eddie Barrows, Eddie Ferreira, and Tianjes Nevis on the art. Then Batgirls and Wildcard, and this is with Margaret Bennett and Swingy Boo, uh, Tim Drake, and some of our parts. Part two of three with Megan Fitzmartin and Belaine Ortega, which I did not read that one. I don't know if you did. And then Grifter in the Long Con, part five of five with Matt, Matthew Rosenberg and Ryan Benjamin. So what, what were your thoughts on the first story? So I 
liked this a lot better than previous issues because I was just really not digging <laughs> how Batman and Jason were being to each other. Uh, but this was cool. I'm I liked the uh, flashback sequences yeah. the most. His Zdarsky's been killing on the flashback sequences in this series as a whole. Like that's been the best stuff in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I, so I like those. And then we see Jason try to do some detective work of his own, um, which I think is also pretty neat. It was just, that was kind of a, a miss for me though. Cause he went maskless, you know? True. So, I mean, I like could have kept the domino mask on, mm. but but at the same time i've not read enough jason to be like maybe in uh the outlaws or whatever he would do that crap maskless all the time and just you know wasn't a, that's not as big of a thing i don't know um and then the stuff with like cheer or whatever i, I you know it's just kind of whatever it's like mr freeze is tripping balls and cheers mm. like you're next batman yeah <laughs> and that's how it ends <laughs> And so like he's an interesting character but i'm i'm legit curious are we ever gonna see this guy again yeah i'm I'm gonna say probably not yeah same unless it's like one of those random things like he's gonna be in suicide squad 10 years from now yeah and then batman urban legends three or four is gonna skyrocket yeah but yeah i thought like i said i thought this was pretty fine we'll see how you know see how how it goes with the last issue uh next up is the wild card and this has got you know both the all three batgirls in it and maybe a future batgirl what did you think of this uh it was perfectly fine i like seeing um stephanie and cassandra have fun together because yeah. Because like we know Cassandra's life wasn't exactly super fun. And mm-hmm. honestly, Stephanie's not so much either. Um, but it's cool to see them just be friends and also be back girls together. So I appreciate that. And then uh, uh yeah, this this new mystery character is helping out, I guess you could say. And uh we'll see where, where that goes. But I thought the art was pretty fitting for like a Batgirl story. And yeah, yeah I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah, I, I like the art, but I don't know. To me, Cassandra and the little bits of Stephanie I've read, they both seemed off character wise. They did not quite seem themselves. Maybe I'm wrong on that. You could correct me and be like, actually, this is a pretty accurate depiction of both of them. And I'd be like, okay, fair enough. You read more, but from the little bits I've read, they just, I don't know. They don't quite seem like themselves, but yeah, I, like I said, I do like the art and it's just like, you know, it's like an eight page story. <laughs> so it, they, they probably could have been written better, I suppose, but it's just like, I don't know. I'm just taking this as like, a one shot really i got you man i'll let you take point on the tim drake and some of our parts because i did not read it no need casey i also did not read that or the grifter one see i feared you would have read the tim drake since you are a 
Timmy fan. I am. And I thought the art was the best out of all of the stories in this issue, mm-hmm. just flipping through. But we were getting down to the wire for recording oh. and I just didn't have time. So I got you, man. All right. And then the grifter story, pretty dang cool. Like a lot, a lot of fun, goofy, crazy, wild stuff happens. And then it's like, as a kid of the 90s, I remember a show called Wildcats. This is like my only knowledge of the Wildcats, except for like when they did a Fantastic Four crossover that I had. Very little knowledge of this group, but super cool. And spoiler alert, they show up at the end of this issue and then they're going to be like more to come. So it's like we're going to get a Wildcats book. (laughs) in the future and i'm gonna read it even though i know nothing about them so i'm really excited but yeah it was pretty solid what would you rate this overall probably like a five yeah i'm gonna give it a seven i the stories i like the the two stories i really liked i really liked them a lot and then that backroll story i was like so so on but you know like to me, with it being a more expensive book, eight bucks, I do want everything to be knockouts, and they sadly weren't. Yeah. All right. Infinite Frontier, number two. This is written by Joshua Williamson, and then art was done by Paul Pelletier, Jesus Marino, and Zermanico. So, Casey, your thoughts? I really liked it. Um like we're getting more more stuff and i do like that williamson's kind of working around the fact that you know the tom wayne batman is like why he's like kind of being way different than he was when he was written by tom king in the batman run like it's actually making sense now because it never made sense to me before but now that's kind of working and then we get some alan scott stuff which was kind of cool but and I don't know, like some of that stuff, I was like causing more damage to everything by, you know, getting mad that Vandal Savage, like it looked cool, like hitting him with a car, but it's like you could have done stuff. So it didn't, you know, destroy stuff even more, but you know, whatever. And then the black lantern ring stuff was pretty cool. Dude, I love that he is just making a bow and arrows with his lantern ring. It looks amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And then the Captain Adam stuff had me mad because I was like just thinking in my head the other day, I was like, I want to read some more Captain Adam. I found he was in this. I was like, that's exciting. And then what happens happens. And I was like, it's less cool. Less cool. So what was what about what are some of your thoughts on this? I like seeing Magog because he was uh, a big part of the Jeff Johns Justice Society run that I like a lot. So, and I I don't think I've seen him since then. So that was pretty neat. Yeah. I think they, after they killed him off, it's just, it's been nothing. Well, yeah, but when does that ever matter? (laughs) I know. I, cause like, I'm just saying like, that's, that's the last time I saw him was like pre new 52. They Maxwell Lord killed him. Right. And then, so this this page here, it's like, is it like, are we gonna get a new JSA or like, could this be um, uh, crap? The, the, Infinity. Uh, why can't I think of it? Infinity Ink. Is that Infinity you're about? Ink. Yes, thank you. I I don't know because like that's just I think they're searching for these people. So I have a feeling Obsidian and Alan are gonna probably run into all of these other missing people before they get to Jade. You know, it's gonna be like, oh, hey, uh, 
is that our man or yeah. Dr. Midnight? Okay. Like, Hey, our man. Well, both are s- there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess to me that type of thing. I, I bet, but we'll, we'll find out. Cause really like, even though they're not using all of the, Oh, sorry. I had a burp. All of the versions that are my favorite. I'd still like a book with these characters in it. Yeah, for sure, man. But we'll see. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I like that. I like the the Roy stuff. Was really curious with the whole Dark Side is part. Um, I know they'll explain that and what's going on with all that stuff, but like, I'm ready to see what that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Overall, I thought this was a neat book. I'm I'm enjoying this like a little more than I thought I would. Yeah, my only problem is, and this is like this a minor graph that has nothing to do with the actual story itself. It's just kind of comics in general. It's like, oh yeah, the only like you barely let stuff happen before you start up another insane, you know, event title that's gonna be like it's gonna shock everything down to the core. It's like we just had death metal. Let us breathe some. DC but other than that it was good so not to like contradict myself but I like it I usually like it way more when it happens here in DC because like I I don't pick up any Marvel event books because I just can't care but for some reason when it happens here like the last couple I've cared about and I've enjoyed it so I, I don't know well Outside of metal, outside of the metal stuff, and Darkest Night, DC is usually more conservative than Marvel with it because it's like Marvel's like, if you want the full story, here's the checklist. It's every single one of our books. <laughs> yeah, and like DC's like, you can just read one through six. We might have a few tie-ins, but it's like, it's they're just random tie-ins. You don't have to read them. Don't worry about it, guys. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, that's my big thing with but still I'm like this is like it's one thing to have like an event book where it's something silly, but like this is a dark side event book. It's it's looking like so it's like that's the where the stakes are higher, guys. Mm-hmm. I agree. So what would you give this out of ten? I'm thinking eight. It's about where I'm at with it too. I think these these issues honestly need to be bigger because they are throwing a lot of stuff at us and we don't get much time with anything. Yeah. If every infinite frontier issue was as big as urban legends and cost that much, it'd be like, okay, there's a lot of info. <laughs> I'm yeah. okay with it. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree, man. It's like, no, let's keep getting Tim Drake. <laughs> yeah. In the back of, and I love Tim Drake, but it's like, do we need that? Right. Unless we get a Robin Solo series with Tim Drake, like, why is this a thing? Yeah. Okay, so next up is a book that I've actually, surprisingly enough, was really looking forward to, and I know you were. It is Thor, number 15. And I'm going to get the whole group, if I can find it. I know it's Donnie Cates writing. Who's who's on art duties, man? Do you, you know off the top of your head? Yeah, it's Michelle Bandini. And, okay. Um, I was like, oh man, Nick Klein isn't doing it. But then this says guest artist. So it's like, will Nick Klein be back? Or it was this fill in for a new permanent artist. So we'll see. Yeah. I love the art though. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it is really good. 
What'd you think of the story as a whole? I overall enjoyed it. I liked Thor's conversation with Captain America. I, I think it's cool that Thor respects Cap so much that when he has a problem, he wants to talk to Cap about it. Mm-hmm. And Cap does his darndest to like relate and give honest advice. So I like that. I don't know how I feel about this hammer situation. Yeah. Cause it's like, dude, that is all we've had with Thor, like proper Thor since he lost it back in fear itself. Like the mini, like I'll, I'm going to say mini series, I guess is more of a maxi series of Thor that we got before this one. It was him just using like all these different hammers and now he finally gets this one back, proper Mjolnir, and half the time he can't lift it. And I guess it makes sense when, when he's talking to Cap about it and he says, it wasn't an issue before when Odin was all father because I was the tip of the spear of Asgard. I was the warrior that Asgard needed, and I needed this weapon to be that. But now I'm king and I'm not always out on the front line like that anymore. And the hammer is kind of retaliating for that. It's like, okay, I guess I can kind of work with that. But also, if that's the case, then please bring Odin back so that Thor can get back to being that warrior. And if you look at the very last page where it shows the next cover, it's like, Odin's there maybe we are getting to that and if that's the case then you know it'll all work out but it's like dude just just let poor have Mjolnir and let's stop doing this hammer thing yeah I say that having really enjoyed this issue but I had to get that out there yeah like that's that's the thing like I really like this issue as a whole but when you start thinking about it it doesn't make any sense because I remember I didn't re- I wasn't reading Thor at this time but there was a time prior to this when Odin was dead and Thor was, you know, he had the Thor force and all that stuff. And he had Mjornir. It wasn't an issue. And then it's like, how many times has Odin wielded Mjornir? You know, so like none of this really makes sense, but it's a really well-written story. It's a fun one. You know, it's like, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I mean, but the, there is, the writing's there for sure. Yeah, there's one tr- one thing that happens, in it, and this is a trope that happens in comics all the time. Donny Case doesn't just do this, but it grites me so much every time. The Avengers are all working together. They're a team that Thor's on, and then he's like, Thor shows up, like, hey, guys, I need some help. And then they're like, we're kind of busy. And then he's like, oh, here. And then he kills all the bad guys. And then he's like, okay, now I need some help. And it's just like, Okay, it wasn't even like this was all like street levelers or like they were actually struggling and they had like some of their heavier hitters on the team there and they were like, oh no, Thor's just this much better unless he's on the team at all times. And then he's the same level as them. It was pretty lame. Yeah. I hate when they do that. I know. I mean, She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, and a Ghost Rider. It's like, really? But I definitely get you there. I I did want to ask you about this because I thought this part of his conversation with cap was interesting where he's talking about how time passes differently Mm -hmm. for him being immortal 
Uh, what did you think of that? Where he's like, every time I see you, I'm so happy to know that you guys are still alive. <laughs> it's like my, he's like, he's like my dog. I like, there was a joke on Wilfred where it was like, every time Wilfred's owner leaves, she, he just assumes she's dead. And then, you know, she comes home. So it's like, every time I leave, I always think like my dogs just think I'm dead. And then when I come home, that's why they're so happy. So it's right. like, <laughs> so <laughs> Thor's just a dog. It turns out he's just like, Oh, you're alive. But no, like, and it would have been Mark Wade's. I didn't read it. I read it online though. Mark Wade's run on Avengers, like, uh, Hercules and Vision had a big talk about immortality because neither of them could die. And it was basically like this older mortal person is kind of explaining how it's like you're gonna see everyone you care about die, and you're gonna forget them because new, you know, new experiences and stuff. It's not ideal, but that's just what happens, you know, like that type of thing. So it's kind of similar, pretty cool. And, you know, it's like one of those things that you don't ever think about, but it's a really neat thought. That's that's exactly it. I had never thought about this. I'm just like, yeah. oh, well, Thor's just always with the Avengers. But then I'm thinking to like, like God Bomb and God Butcher where he's old King Thor. And it's like, oh man, he saw all of these guys die and had to deal with that trauma every single time. So, yeah, this was heavy stuff. And uh, I, I like to at the beginning when Thor like kind of snaps on everybody, watching everyone go from like happy party time to, okay, he's getting angry to just everyone like a kid in trouble. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, I like how Donnie shows not how feared Thor is, but just how respected he is in different groups. Yeah. So anyway, what would you give this out of 10? This would probably be another eight for me. Yeah. I just to be different, we'll say nine because despite my complaints about the hammer thing, if it comes full circle, then like it will make more sense. Yeah. So All right. Now we've got Joker number five. And this was written by uh, Matthew Rosenberg and James Tynan. And the art was done, Casey, by Francisco Francavilla. What'd you think of that? Oh, dude, that was like just, it's like when you put on pants after they've been washed and you find like a hundred dollar bill in there and you're just so excited. <laughs> it was the best. Yeah. I mean, his, his art is like on a winter's night, you're sitting in front of a fireplace wearing a very cozy cardigan. Like that's it's, what his yeah. art is. <laughs> and it, it works. It's just so perfect for this type of story. Yeah. You know? So like it was, Yeah. I mean, this took you right back to Black Mirror, right? Because it did mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> and uh, Undead Archie, or whatever the heck the name of that series is, never going to get another issue. Afterlife with Archie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Wish I knew how that series was going to end. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, this is a really cool book. I... I want to know who had more dialogue duty between Rosenberg and Tynan. Cause it seems like this was Rosenberg's issue with Tynan just being like, yes or no, you can or can't do this. That's how I figured it would be. It'd be like, 
Tynan's like, here's your parameters and, you know, like yeah. don't do anything too crazy. And then Rosenberg's like, so Joker can't be a dog from here on out. And he's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh but yeah it it was great i i love how he did joker's dialogue and like escaping the cell just to get some pie and like he's just classic crazy joker but in the best way yeah and then you know the heavy stuff at the end with harvey where he's like people died because of you jim and he's like angry like this was a roller coaster of an issue you know Mm -hmm. for like a one-shot throwback but uh yeah i thought this was a really cool issue and it has nothing really to do with the current story (laughs) yeah it's like with this it was kind of like me going like when i found out i was gonna go not connect a story i'm like i don't care about this and i saw the art like oh and then i was like i read it i'm like this is fantastic like i loved it so much so it was really really cool yeah i will personally be giving it a 10 out of 10 that's the same for me i mean i'm a sucker for frank villia's art like you put that art on something i'm probably gonna give it a 10 out of 10 you know spoiler alert dc comics give him more work <laughs> if you want more 10 out of 10s from yeah. us <laughs> these awards that, you know, this award that doesn't mean anything yet mm. Yeah, and I kind of skimmed the punchline story, but I just don't care about those if I'm honest. Dude, I read it. It's not good. So, okay. Like, it's, I will say there was like a couple things that I did like about it, though, because it's like for the first couple issues, I was like, why is like Colin, the times I've read with him, he wasn't an idiot. And then, like, the first time, like, this hunky's like, ooh, goodbye, sister that I've known my whole life. It's taking care of me. I'm going to go hang out with this guy. And it's like, dude you wouldn't do that but yeah. and like this one like they're being insane edgelords and he's like yeah i'm gonna head out and i was like well <laughs> finally he's being smart this is good and yeah. you know like he gets roped back in because the the dude that's you know like the kind of like you know heading everything up is like hey you know he's a he's an idiot but he's my friend you know like kind of like gets him convinced that oh yeah we aren't all just edgelord douchebags but they are <laughs> and then punchline is now the queen of diamonds or something stupid and the the actual stuff with punchline was dumb but it sounds like harper's gonna try to break into prison so we'll see how that goes yeah all right and last one is justice league last ride number three i'll and let you take is, point this is by zadarsky with um old Miguel Mendoca on the art and the art is outstanding. There's actually one part that I want to like, I'm going to choose to point at because it was super cool. I think, you know, the same, you're going to agree. This is probably one of your favorite parts too. It's a wonder woman part right here. So awesome. But yeah, the art is pretty great. We get like, you know, like all these different, like, the, all the, the characters seem more kind of like together but like you know more in character than they were in like the first issue but they're still kind of like cranky towards each other like this really feels like if uh like the justice league cartoon did like a future episode where something bad happened it feel like that's how these characters feel and i like it a lot what do you what do you think 
I agree. I was actually going to bring up the Justice League cartoon as well, because there's like one episode where they're like, I'm, you know, we're done. And then obviously they come back and get together and they're like, but I'm still not happy about it. This is exactly what that felt like. Yeah. Um, the, the part that stood out the most to me is when uh, Bruce is talking to Hal and he's like, I checked in with Nightwing. They've got Earth under control. And also, like, the kids are all right. Like, if we don't yeah. make it through whatever, like, Earth is in good hands because, you know, they, they've got mm-hmm. it under control. And I thought that was really, really cool. And then Hal was like, have you seen Teen Lantern, though? She's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think it's hilarious that they're just at Desaad's, like, summer torture summer home. home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. The art's cool. Uh, actually, this was probably like my favorite issue yet, just because about the first two while they were good were kind of slow, but now we're like really getting into things. Yeah, and it's obviously also going to be a sort of dark sidey related thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But either way, thought it was pretty cool. What'd you rate it? Um, I'm at like an eight on that one. That's right where I'm at too. It's like didn't rock my socks, but it's still really good. All right. That was that was a healthy stack, but we made it through. Heck yeah, man. So what are you excited for next week? Well, I'm sure you would mention this one as well, but it goes without saying blue and gold number one. Heck yeah. Cannot wait for that. Um Let's see here. Uh, Moon Knight, the premise of that sounds like way too cool compared to some of the last Moon Knight series we've gotten. And I mean, it's got to be better than the Max Bemis one. So there's (laughs) that. And um, I'm going to say would say Nightwing, but I'll I'll listen to yours and then I'll I'll say two like honorable mentions. All right. So I'm going to go blue and gold too because you got to. And then I'll throw in, I want to say Flash, just because that annual was awesome. And like that getting another one so quick makes me excited. And then lastly, I'm going to throw in Shazam. I'm going to give this a go. We're going to see how that goes. I'm hoping I like it. Okay. That's one of my honorable mentions. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm actually going to check out Shazam. Yeah. Um, And then the other one that I'm going to check out is Superman and the Authority. Casey and I were talking about this off air. We don't really know anything about the authority, but the arts, we know to respect it though. Exactly. (laughs) And the arts really good. And also it's Grant Morrison writing Superman again. So got to check it out. All right. Fantastic four. Fantastic four, man. So I was just thinking to myself the other day, like, is there any, writers or artists or whatever that you wouldn't mind if they just wrote this like character x for forever and what would it be or it could even be teams if you're just like no i want you know whoever to write young justice for forever then go ahead with that too well in that instance it would be peter david but i will say and and these will come to no surprise to anybody probably, but I'm just going with some of my favorites of all time. 
so chuck dixon on nightwing i mean he kind of did write that for all time it's like <laughs> 150 issues that just that he wrote yeah um walt simonson on thor goes without saying then the team of keith giffen jmd mateus and kevin mcguire on justice league like that's the only team book you would ever need and then uh, matt fraction ed brubaker and david aha on iron fist i wanted to do a dc marvel dc marvel i got you man but any of those if they continued forever you would hear no complaints out of me so yeah what about you so for me i'd say um oh i mean james robinson starman even though he did because no one was allowed to write it after him and then denny o'neill question r.i.p um then i'd say just I'm trying to think of like of a really good one like i mean about- mark wait on daredevil would be one that i would love more of forever because like that that was always just good and because like people were like it's too bright and sunny it's like did you read it because it got pretty dark at, you know, at times <laughs> and then i'll say um grant morrison writing superman forever just do it i thought about that one too but i have another one for you pock and van lent on hercules yeah yeah that's <laughs> that's a hundred percent a thing that should happen right on well i think that brings us to the end folks so let's do the closing plugs if you would please go to facebook.com slash two worlds podcast and give our page a like you can also find us on twitter at two underscore worlds underscore pc and on instagram at two worlds pod you can also email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com and please like and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this and uh, also if you haven't check out our youtube page it's just two worlds podcast on youtube give us a uh, the old subscribe there and turn on the notifications like and leave a comment say something about how nice jake's hair looks or like how his shirt even though i know it's dark side every time i look at it i'm like that kind of looks like legendary's godzilla since i just see his eyes and i can <laughs> see the nose it looks like dark side's just poking up to see if we're yeah. still recording like he's like you guys still you, you guys, guys still, still going, going? Huh? Huh? <laughs> You guys talking uh, about me? Dark, dark, dark side is, okay? <laughs> but um, I forgot that I was supposed to do the ending part. We'd love to say in chat, but, you know, we got to do stores for Supreme stuff. <laughs> Bye, guys. Wow. Bye.